welcome to the Front Porch Political Talk Show with your host, Hatton Humphrey, bringing you thoughtful comments on the news of the day, as well as lessons from the past and insights into things to come. We offer our comments and invite you to add your own. Good evening, everyone. It is Sunday, November 1st, 2015. This is the Front Porch Political Talk Show. My name is Hatton Humphrey, and I thank everyone for listening in. Our show is produced through TalkShoe, which provides two ways to be a part of the call. You can dial in, area code 724-444-7444. TalkCast ID is 75570. Uh, you can also join us on the web-based text chat at TalkShoe.com slash TC slash 75570. We also stream the recording session into the Republicans of Second Life Cafe on Cheertopia, and we thank both the Second Life Cheerleading Squad and the Republican Party of Second Life for their support. Links to articles that we're going to talk about in this show can be found on our website at frontporchtalk.net, as can all of the past episodes of the show and the articles that we talk about in each of them. Um, now, for those that haven't listened to the show before, uh, we do like to start off with something fun, something interesting, something different. And uh, tonight is no different since last night was uh, All Hallows' Eve or Halloween. Um, regardless of how you want to define the history of that, we have a legal case to bring to your attention. <laughs> uh, the fun state of Massachusetts, well, um, at least it's fun in this case, uh, has uh, has issued a uh, a legal ruling that I never thought I would have to read. Uh, a judge granted a protective order against a warlock on Wednesday, spelling relief for the Salem witch who accused him of harassment. <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's too many jokes in that single sentence. I'm sorry. I'm having too much fun. Uh, apparently, does, does this have anything to do with Halloween? Actually, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Sounds a little bit like a Halloween put on to me. Well, but coming from Massachusetts, you never know. Coming from Salem, you never know. Um, yeah, that's true. <clears throat> the two squared off in court before a Salem District Court judge who granted the protective order to which priestess Lori Sforza. Uh, she had accused self-proclaimed warlock Christian Day of harassing her over the phone and on social media over the past three days. Did they throw lightning bolts at each other in court or anything? I don't know. I just I just wonder if this protection order is written in a circle. <laughs> Inside a pentagram, I hope, mm. to protect the judge. Yes. In Gaelic, no less. Yeah, that... With with runes. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently. I don't know where the hell you find these things at. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to mute myself. <laughs> nah, yeah, well, we we have fun with this because this was actually a legal contest. Um, uh, this was a business bis dispute gone wrong. Uh, they don't want me to make snide remarks on Facebook. I won't make snide remarks on Facebook. I'll spell them out in blood on their doorstep. No, he didn't say that last piece. I just added that in. Oh, um, apparently Day lives in Louisiana, friend of yours, Joseph, uh, owns an occult shop in Salem and in New Orleans. Described on his website as the world's best-known warlock, 
He organizes the Festival of the Dead in Salem, a series of Halloween events every October that culminates in the Witch's Halloween Ball. Um, <sighs> this story just keeps getting worse and worse. I think I'm going to stop it there. Although, although I will say that Charlie Sheen apparently had called himself a Vatican assassin warlock during an interview on national television. Um, yeah, that's just you know he, he gets a lot of help from indescribable illegal substances. He needs a lot of help from uh, yeah, numerous yeah, sources. Yeah. Oh. I think we scared somebody away. Not entirely, I'm not entirely sure the next article is a step up or a step down. <laughs> well, before we get into the next article, let me explain the subject of tonight's show. Tonight's show is titled Offense Taken. Um, it is very difficult to find at le- find some, anything that won't offend at least one small group of people these days. So the articles that we're talking about tonight... The the opening one included um, are articles that are either offensive to us or that somebody else has claimed to be offended by. And in some cases, we're going to talk about their objections or ours. So let's let's jump to Missouri, in which where a the ACLU ever active in their um, legal battles is suing a city council over their indecent exposure law. Uh, The ACLU and a woman's group that advocates for a woman's right to expose her breasts in public are joining together to sue a Missouri City Council over a new indecent exposure law that protesters say illegally limits the rights of free expression and and, and may be even breastfeeding moms. I'm only going to say the name of the advocacy group once, maybe. The lawsuit filed by the advocacy group, Free the Nipple. No, it, that's not one of the words. That is okay. That is not. <clears throat> yes, sir, I take it, my beep back. It is, it is crude, but it is still not one of the words that has to be beeped. The advocacy group, Free the Nipple, insists that its suit is intended to advance equality. The new rules were voted in by a 5-4 to four vote in September and state that women must cover a greater percentage of their breasts in public, and both sexes must cover 100% of their buttocks. Amen. <laughs> I don't know if you heard Sarah, but she said amen. Um, the ACLU and... Depends on the buttocks, I think. I, I think it does, too. The ACLU and... Um, can I have fun with the name of this group, please? Uh, say that the new law is a violation of the First Amendment. The suit charges that the City Council of Springfield, Missouri, has for, fo- focused upon the double standards, hypocrisies, and sexualizations of the female upper body that underlie government efforts to censor female breasts. Um, what, what, what is the root uh, from which we derive um, a sense of decency. I don't, you know, is, is it natural? Is it natural law, or is it really a religious belief, a, a, a belief that has its root in morals and religion? 
Hmm. You know where I'm going with this. Uh, and I bring this up all the time whenever we run into one of these nutcases. The question is, to what degree, if at all, do we want government choosing which religious beliefs it will enforce? But it, this isn't this isn't a well. Okay, I see what you're saying, but from that, well, you can come. Okay, she doesn't want to say it. All laws are based. This is Sarah talking, and I'm translating. All laws are based within societal norms, and that's all she's going to say, and she's going away. Um, societal norms. I mean, she's right, but societal norms are malleable. Yep. And in fact, they drift all over the place. Yes, they do. So, some, you know, what might have been within norms 50 years ago or 10 years ago, I mean, marijuana was completely outside the norms up until about a year ago. Well, so was, and so now, was transgender, so was... You've got, now we're getting to the core of the thing. We We live at a time when what is, quote, normal is becoming really, really fuzzy around the edges. And in fact, many, in many cases, completely lost its definition. So, you know, I, you know, so you got to kind of, where's a, where's a firm place to stand? For me, a firm place to stand is to ask the question for myself, do I want my government choosing which of our religious beliefs it will enforce? Okay. And, you know, I, I, I come down on different sides of that depending upon the religious belief we're talking about. For example, I really don't want governments enforcing the teaching of uh, uh, creation science in science class in the schools. Although that's attempted over and over and over again, uh, more in the South and the West than anywhere else. But it's still going on, and I'm really, really against that. Right. Um, that, that's that's an easy example. There are many more difficult examples that I'm not going to get into because we'd spend all night talking about it. Right. But I, I use that as an as as a kind of a, a proof of concept that there's a serious question here. Okay. Is it the place of government to teach and enforce religion? But religious beliefs. Okay. Let me let me take a step back, and and just, just I'm I'm going to say this. I should shut my mouth, right? Well, no. no just <laughs> let me let, let me get an edge an edge in here. Yes, ma'am. Uh, no, <laughs> she's gone upstairs. Okay, I, I'm going to say this. So, what you're telling me is that it is a religious construct that women should not walk around topless. I asked the question. No, no, you asked the question. I'm asking a counter question. Is it? A, oh, I asked. The first thing I asked is, what's the root of this? Right. Is it religious or is it just a general sense of decency? I, honestly, I think it's a general sense of decency. Okay. I, because because okay, great. In the and I, I'm going to say this two ways. First of all, if you go to the article, the the woman walking down the street wearing a skirt and shoes and a handbag. Nothing above the waist. Nothing above the waist except for the handbag strap. Um, Which is not strategically placed. No. Um, is an example of what I would consider indecent. 
by today's societal norms. Has nothing to do with the fact that I'm Christian. Has nothing to do with the fact that I'm male. It's it's a case of we didn't. This has not been considered the norm outside of small organized communes, which even they recognize that it's shocking to go out into... There are, there are whole nations on this planet that consider the naked breast to be normal and non-offensive. You know that as well as I do. I'm trying to think... Outside... They, t- out- they tend to be in warm... Warm latitudes. Yes. And they also tend to be, if I remember correctly, and maybe I'm wrong here, but in everyday, not on the TV, they tend to be Aboriginal cultures. Or am I wrong on that? Um, they tend to be indigenous cultures, in, I guess. Indigenous, Aboriginal, okay. Better word, yes. My, my point is that just because... You look around yourself in Buffalo, New York, if you don't mind me outing you on that. No. Uh, um, and you see that around you, among the people that you know, uh, there is a certain moral um, uniformity about the public display of the female breast. First of all, it, it doesn't really carry very far because there are places um, and bars <laughs> In a lot of places where it really people wouldn't bat an eye. No, in bars. Uh, okay. Depending now, upon now, the thing. I'm going I'm, oh. I'm to stop you on that because we're talking about two different things. We're talking about two different things. What they're talking about is the ability to walk around in public outside, 365, 24/7, topless. Yeah, but but your point talking, is you're talking about specific establishments. That I'm, talk, I'm talking about public norms. Public norms are relative to the location. Now, religious beliefs are not, are not are not perceived to be. Normally, if we say this is a religious belief, and anybody who doesn't believe as I do is misinformed or mistaken, but if we say this is just merely based on public norms, then those are relative to the location. They are malleable, and they are not necessarily binding. Legally, that see this is a really a quagmire here. The, the reason I pose that question is because there is no good answer to it. You're 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 up to your knees in mud and other things, no matter which way you define it. Mm-hmm. If it's a religious belief, then what the hell is the government doing enforcing somebody's religious belief? If it's a if it's just a matter of what's perceived as normal and decent in this location in this community or even on this in this neighborhood or on my block then it really doesn't carry a lot of weight it's it's arbitrary it's completely up to the people calling the shot right. and, 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 and in this case there's no, base, there's no objective base for it and in this case they're talking about Springfield Missouri so what so, we're, you know, we're, people in, other than Springfield, Missouri, are hopefully going to listen to what we're saying tonight. So, yeah, and and now this court case 
the ACLU has asked a judge to, in, to issue an injunction, put a halt to the new rules, and summarily declare them a violation of the U.S. Constitution. Which is utterly nuts. Constitution doesn't speak about it at all. No. Though, and, and the court has frequently allowed for uh, decency to be defined as uh, regional relative community norms. The court has gone along with that. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think the word you're looking for is there's a precedent based on societal or community norms. There's a whole whole box full of them. Mm-hmm. Precedents on that. Yep. So let's let's go to the next article because I think right. I, I think it kind of blends very nicely in with the previous one. Now in this case, we have a student, 17 year old, who is the the student body president. Um, who, uh, let's see, 17-year-old Carrie Burgess, she's a junior and student body president at Buford High School in South Carolina, um, also a junior marshal and recipient of the prestigious Palmetto Fellows Scholarship, was called out at school on Tuesday for wearing a, squ- a skirt that was, quote, too short and ordered to go to in-school suspension and then home for the day. And they have a picture of said outfit, and as a parent, I, I don't see where this becomes an issue. Um, the, the the picture, which, again, the links for these articles that we're talking about are on the website at frontporchtalk.net. Um, it's a completely respectful... I've seen, I've seen nuns wear show more skin than that. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's nuts. You were dancing around it. I decided to just get right to the point. Yes. (laughs) There is nothing offensive about the outfit at all. Um, Now, it's the same question. mm -hmm. The teacher, uh, probably in in no way thinking about municipal norms, probably uh, rooted in some religious belief, took offense to it, because she would think that her pastor would like her to. And in that case, it really bothers me. She, she First of all, she took it upon herself to use the, her authority as uh, a teacher to enforce her religious beliefs. Second of all, the freaking cowardly principal, because he didn't want to stand up yeah. to the union and bash her head in, just said he went along, even though she was wrong. I mean, if you read the article, the principal said, even though she was wrong and there was nothing wrong with the dress, he approved of the way she handled the situ- the teacher handled the situation. Mm-hmm. Now that, that comes really close to the, my definition of a freaking coward. Yeah. I, I and I'm, I was just about to read that section. So, um, uh, oh. the, the principal Corey Murphy said that he agreed with the way Woods handled the situation. Woods is the teacher in this case. Um, even though he admitted Carrie's outfit was actually acceptable by the standards of the school's dress code. Murphy that n- noted that Carrie is a great writer and pretty much implied that that's the whole reason her Facebook post, post got so much attention and support and showed up in, of all, all uh, periodicals, the one that I'm referencing, which is Teen Vogue. Um, that's what it was. You can feel the emotion in her words. The, the Beaufort Gazette, he told the Beaufort Gazette, something like that, that's impressive. Uh, he did not address the greater he, issue at hand. Yeah, exactly. He re, he didn't want to get sucked into right and wrong, 
because if he said somebody was wrong, then he's, he's got somebody mad at on one side. If he says the teacher was wrong, then he's got the union all over his back. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't even talk about that. He gives his backhanded compliment to the girl and said, the only reason we're talking about this is because she wrote well. Well, I mean, obviously that you get, get away with insulting a 17-year-old student who's completely under your thumb. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if hopefully if she writes so well, um, as soon as she's out of high school, I hope she writes an article about the bastard. Oops, is that a word? No. Nope. Okay, good. Then <laughs> <laughs> I stand by my characterization. Well, and, and you, you know, know, truth be told, she's already, I mean, she has already probably been approached to write for some organization or another. Um, probably, probably they're going to make her rich. You know, so that's... Um, that's definitely going to be, you know, she's on. What, what the, she should come back after it's all done and buy him a drink, but she probably lives in a dry county. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We, yeah. I, I'm not going to research that one. Um, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm being snide here. I know. I know. So, and, and she did point out, you know, the fact that um, the, the dress code has a specific length of skirt um require you know minimum requirement and yet guys can wear chubbies which is a brand of men's shorts and expose way more leg than me and still be in school um they do, they do plumber butt all the time oh yeah and and, and you know they they do it on purpose i mean the, the the and they they got plumber butt before they even bend over and they get away with it that's true that's true so you know, i mean they're, it's it's just First of all, it's the double standard. But it is. The, the, relig- the religious belief uh, is always cast in a double standard. Women are evil. The women's woman, woman's body is a, a source of sin for my son. And, you know, and, and, and I mean, I was raised on that crap, and I finally got old enough to barf. <laughs> and, and, Easy there, Larry. No, ah, I'm serious. I mean, it's it's, it's just garbage. There's nothing more sinful or, or less desirable or, or more likely to lead me to the shores of perdition in a woman's body than anybody else's body. But it's, you know, there is this cultural thing, and we're going to talk about this, the, the poor lady from coming from Dubai. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yep. it's, it's socially acceptable to declare female behavior as somehow inappropriate and sinful. Male behavior is way come okay. as you are. Way okay. So, yeah, let's you know, since you brought it up, let's go ahead and jump to that next article, and that is um, a a woman flying from Dubai to New York City on Emirates Air was molested by a male passenger <clears throat> who rubbed, and I'm reading this straight from uh, the SmokingGun.com. Um, who rubbed lotion on her body as she slept, according to the federal investigators who say the suspect told flight attendants that the victim enjoyed it because she did not resist. Um, As detailed by a detective assigned to NYPD-FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force, the victim said that she fell asleep about an hour into the flight with the aid of an anti-anxiety medication. So she didn't resist because she 
was unconscious. Was drugged. <laughs> Um, yeah. You know, the man that was sitting next to her is a Staten Island resident. Um, she woke up and was and he asked her if she had a good nap. Then she at that point she realized that the lotion had had been spread on her arms, chest, uh, arms, chest and up her legs. I'm not going to get two more graphics than that. But the the point here the point of this article and the reason that I bring it up is that, as you said, it is completely – it is considered normal and or not offensive for men in, in Muslim countries to do whatever they will with women and kids. I, and I'm not going to qualify gender on that. Because I'm going to clean this up a little bit. Okay. And this will really get me in trouble with care. The the Muslim view of women is that they are a life support system for that thing they sit on. That's that's their sole purpose. Yep. Pretty much. Do I need to draw a picture? No. <laughs> I mean, they 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 are chattel uh chattel chattel with benefits or something and and are you familiar with the there's a there's an insurance company selling car insurance on tv and one of the lines in one of our commercials is a better question is why do you have that insurance company yep um i'll paraphrase that a better question is what the hell did you go to dubai for in the first place you know what those people are like well and and having been to Dubai, Dubai, the the UAE is one of the more progressive Muslim countries. They're they're not your um, oh, what's the word that I'm thinking of? They're they're not your typical um, radical extreme type Muslims. Now they do have purity laws and they do have purity police and and thought police. Um, but they normally respect Westerners, you know, beliefs and, you know, don't do this kind of thing. That's, that's their official position. That that, that was my, and and they're pretty, they're pretty famous for having that official position as opposed to the official position in uh, Saudi Arabia, for example. Yeah. But on an individual basis, Men get away with whatever the hell come crosses their mind. Oh yeah, and and I do and, I, now. I do recall um, there being a theocracies. <laughs> you know, I, I I've relayed this story on on previous episodes that uh, um, you know there was a young lady that had decided to go out on a that had decided to go out on a date, and um, uh, she ended up getting stoned. Uh, physically, not um, recreationally, because she went on a date with someone that wasn't her husband, and you know, without you know her guardian. Um, but she was Muslim, yeah. So, Andre was, you know, that it's. I mean, it could have happened in Minneapolis now. Oh yeah, could have happened in Buffalo, or it could have happened in um, Dearborn. Dearborn. Yeah. So you know this 
this, however, shows that, you know, like you said, there's a very different view of women that when the plane landed in New York, um, the man is now in custody. Um, in New York. In New York. Uh, of course, and again, he told flight attendants that he liked it and it happened to him as a child. That's, you know, that that's that's very telling. Um uh, he appeared yesterday in federal court where the magistrate set bond at $50,000, ordered to surrender his passport and not leave New York City without the permission of uh, pretrial service officials. Um, well, let's, bring it, let's bring this full circle. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the question. Mm-hmm. The article about uh, whether bare breasts is is a, a violation of public norms mm-hmm. or something else. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that led us all the way down to here. Now, here's here's the question we have to contend with. I don't have a good answer to this one, but I know that it's a good question. Are those two stories differences in substance, or are they just differences in degree? I think they're differences in so, substance, and 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 here's why. The the one of the big things you know in that first article. Is is challenging norms in America? Is challenging the and I'll, I'll use the words that I I know that some you know left leaning hippie types would would throw out there you know changing the puritanical and patriar- patriarchal societal norms that have been set. But what happened on that airplane is a norm in a major area of the globe. Right, but it's there are not far more Muslims than there are Christians. Yes. So you know, and and most of the places where it's a Muslim theocracy, in fact, if not in 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 name, um, would not find anything really reprehensible about what the guy on the airplane did. So I mean, it, it, that's why I'm asking a question: Isn't it really just a difference in degree? Well, what do both behaviors I, yeah. in somebody's sense somewhere would be within the societal norms? True, but what would happen? What do you think would happen if if you force relocated a bunch of people that were like the guy in this story to Springfield, Massachusetts, Springfield, Missouri? They'd all find a town and they'd buy it up like the Moonies did and, and do whatever the hell they wanted. And the, the, the local norms would abide by what they were accustomed to. Okay. I mean, that's what happened in many places. You know, I bring up Dearborn, and right now there's a big war going on in Dearborn because it, there's more Muslims living there than there are non-Muslims. And, and you know, they're... They're insisting that there are no honor killings and stuff like that, except the records show that there are. are. And, and, and so that community is has transplanted a piece of the Middle East into Dearborn, Michigan, and they're living, living in that way. Mm-hmm. It's happening. And there are other places in the United States. Minneapolis is one of them, except there it's essentially uh, uh, Somalis. Uh, there's a big Somali population uh, driving taxi in Minneapolis, but but you know I mean they're they're shipping all their kids back to go fight with ISIS now. 
Okay. So, you know, I mean, just the whole point of this is to to stand on community norms is really thin ice because community norms can be completely changed by who gets off the next airplane. And on the other hand, if we say it's religion and we have our government choosing what religious beliefs to enforce, that is demonstrably against the Constitution. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough question. It is. So, you know, the, the I, one I know what I would do. I, for me, it's easy. But if I'm going to speak on behalf of everybody, or if I'm going to say I think the country should do thus and thus, then I have to be much more careful. Well, and that's, you know, it's, you're right. You're right. Um, and, and it is a challenge of, you know, what are, you know, where do we, where do we go with this? You know, I mean, we, on the one hand we have, you know, basically groups that want to change what public decency is considered. On the other hand, we've got students that are being expelled because, or being, you know, sent home because somebody doesn't like their dress. And of somebody else's personal concept of public decency. And then in this case, we've got somebody that is forcing his own societal norms on somebody else. Yeah. They're all they're all of a question. To me it's this it's the 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 question under the same question underlies all three of those circumstances. Yeah, so that's that's really the 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 challenge for these. Now I'm gonna I'm I'm and there's not a good answer. So I'll 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 ask our listeners, what do you guys think? You do we you know, is there is there an answer for this that can apply um across the board? Or is it something that, you know, the the issue in Springfield, Missouri is literally just a regional issue and that the region should have, you know, have the ability to legislate over the state and the state legislate over the federal government for what is considered public decency. Now, the last guy obviously deserves to be in jail. Um, whether in this country. Whether in this country, which he is a resident and citizen of, so he he can't claim immunity because he, you know, is from somewhere else. The next article, uh, and for those just joining us, um, we're we're going to talk about the concept of being a hard worker. Um, David Rutz of the Washington Free Beacon found uh, a gem from the Saturday edition of uh, Melissa Harris Perry's eponymous MSNBC show where she was scolding the guest Alfonso Aguilar for using the term hard worker. Why was she? Because it's demeaning to slaves and hard women and working women. Um, Except the guy talked about a certain woman who was a hard worker. What? As I recall, I mean, so go on. I mean, it really wasn't related to, to women, although she, she, when she criticized him, she went to a safe place to stand. But she she brought that into the discussion, and it wasn't part of the original 
discussion. Right. Um, Aguilar is a member of the Latino Partnership for Conservative Principles, um, referred to Paul Ryan as a hard worker. Um, if, there, if, if there's somebody who is a hard worker when he goes to Washington, it's Paul Ryan. Not only works with the Republicans, but Democrats. You know very well that I work with, on the immigration issue, trying to get Republicans to support immigration reform. Paul Ryan is someone who's supported the immigration reform, has worked with somebody like Luis Gutierrez, is very respectful, speaks very highly. Paul Ryan, this is someone who's trying to govern. Um, Aguilar sent Harris Perry into a tailspin as she told him they need to pause on one thing because I don't disagree with you, um, but I want to be super careful when we use the language hard worker. Um, she Explaining that she, quote, keeps an image of folks working in cotton fields on my office wall because it's a reminder of what hard work looks like. Um, Harris Perry continued to admonish him for being unaware of his relative privilege. Um, you know, which is the same old crap that we've been talking about. Scrabo um, on uh, Talk Show said something interesting. He said Mike Rowe's response was wonderful. I don't know what Mike Rowe's response was. So I suggest we talk for a couple of seconds to allow Scrabo to type um, what it was that Mike Rowe had to, Mike Rowe had to say. Well, we'll come back and, and repeat it yeah, unless and, you know what I'll it was. Oh, oh, there's, there's the link. Yeah. Um, oh, he, he posted in the link. Hold on just a second. Um, yeah, Mike Rowe, for those that don't know who that name is, it was the host of Dirty Jobs. He is a pro-work advocate. Um, you know, do, during his time do, do, doing Dirty Jobs, um, he's he's a skilled labor um, supporter. Um, let's see. Hold on a second. Um. He said, my take, Lenny, for what it's worth is that there's no longer a limit to what people can be offended by. Um, Melissa Harris-Perry appears to be put off by the suggestion that hard work is too often linked with success. Um, she doesn't like the fact that many hard-working individuals have not enjoyed the same measured successes as Speaker Ryan, who was being acknowledged on her show for his ex excellent work ethic. Um you know, to me, it sounds. Um, oh, I he, he here's the full quote from Harris Perry. I want us to be super careful when we use the language "hard worker." I actually keep an image of folks working in cotton fields on my office wall because it is a reminder of what hard work really looks like. But in the context of relative privilege, when you talk about work-life balance, the moms who don't have health care aren't called hard workers. We call them failures. We call them people who are sucking off the system. Mike Rose's response continues. To me, it sounds as though Melissa is displaying images of slavery or drudgery in her office to remind herself of what hard work really and truly looks like. That's a bit of, that's a bit like hanging images of rape and bondage to better illustrate the true nature of human sexuality. Whatever her logic might be, it's difficult to respond without first pointing out a few things most people find screamingly obvious. Um, first of all, slavery isn't hard work. It's forced labor. Um, let's see... Where's where's this sec? I, I I'm not going to go through and read all of this. Uh, I will post to 
the micro response, but it is spot on. And, and, uh, and, and, and he, just, he just skins are alive. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of this is what do you expect from MS, MSNBC? Seriously, what what do you expect from MSNBC other than, you know, anytime somebody in the GOP gets any kind of praise for doing anything, they're going to find a negative comment to make about them or find some way to redirect the audience's attention away from the good thing that's being done and focus on something else, whether that is the words that the person talking used or some negative aspect of what the person being praised has done. What else are they? I mean, that's, that's what she has to do. The part of what's going on here, I think, and she's not the first person uh, from the left to denigrate hard work. No, to, 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 and to belittle those who would expect hard work from those who work for them. That she is rallying against individuals succeeding on their own without government help. And and you know and and the the American dream is if you work hard, you can pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. And it, it makes no difference what your gender is. It makes no difference what your your uh, your race is. It, it really doesn't make that much difference what your your native tongue is. If you work hard enough, you can succeed and and, and become very well off. That's the American dream, mm-hmm. and that's what they're against. And and when you talk about a hard worker, you are in fact professing in in so many words. The, you are validating what we refer to as the American dream. And that's why she's obligated to shoot it down, in my opinion. Yep. I'm sort of paraphrasing uh, Carson here. I, he, I, it, he was pretty quick about it. I just saw you know, this, the famous soundbite. Mm-hmm. He was responding to this, and he said something to this effect. So, yeah. And yeah, so I, I got to at, attribute. A tribute? A tribute. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and Toa, you posted in a um, a link here. Yeah, it's, this reminded me of this other story that I found uh, earlier. Mm-hmm. That essentially in San Francisco, someone was saying, well, you shouldn't call thieves criminals because you don't know what situation led them to that. Well, that kind of that kind of political correctness type of thing. Yeah, and and, and in all honesty, um, there's a difference between what you call something and the act that they did, um, but or in the in the reason that they did the act. Somebody can still be a thief and be hungry. Ladies are robbed. Exactly. Okay. Speaking of miserable. Let's talk about meat. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad segue, wasn't it? Oh, it's pretty good. I <laughs> excellent. Let's okay. Let, let, let's talk it, about it, the new the new meat report. So the World Health Organization has placed processed meats 
the same category as carcinogenic, um, in the same category of carcinogenic as smoking okay. and asbestos. Um, yeah, this is the, this includes things like bacon, mm, bacon, summer sausage, summer sausage, ham, bologna, you name it. Um, beef jerky. Uh, this was a review of 800 international studies concluded that eating 50 grams of this kind of meat per day increases the risk of colorectal cancer by 18%. Um, same category of carcinogens as tobacco, asbestos, and certain pesticides. Um, they also put red meats, that is beef, veal, venison, and pork, as in the probably carcinogenic to humans. Um all of the all of the all of the people who grow and sell the other white meat unquote are jumping on their swords now. Yeah, pork, the other pork. white meat. Yep. Um, the the article that I referenced points out some things about this report. First of all, eating fifty grams in one go, which is two strips of bacon, isn't going to suddenly bump your colorectal cancer risk by eighteen percent. You would have to eat that much every day in your overall lifetime. Um, cancer st society estimates say that the overall lifetime risk of someone developing colorectal cancer is 5%. An 18% increase in that bumps it up to about 5.9%. Uh, red, red and processed meats are classified as such based on the strength of evidence, not the level of risk. The reason for a probably carcinogenic rating for red meat was that there was limited evidence of it being a cause and a strong evidence of it supporting a carcinogenic effect. The study did not mention what specifically about them causes it. Uh, it could be how the meats were cooked, could be how the meats were raised, uh, other environmental factors, even how the human body processes it. So Charlize is going no. Charlize is there was, there going was crazy for bacon in Second Life. <laughs> well, all this discussion of bacon is bring. She's frothing at the mouth in Second Life, for heaven's sake. <laughs> First of all, they went to these quote eight hundred studies with no attempt to replicate the studies, no attempt to validate the studies. They took the outcome of the studies unchallenged, mm -hmm. which which is a very serious mistake. Yep, because. We, we there's a lot of people now doing simply replicating studies just to find out how trustworthy the scientific literature is, and they're finding that half the studies can't be re replicated. Right. In particular, these where you're looking at for looking for a very small thing in a very large pot, mm -hmm. like what percentage of a very small thing, what small percentage of a very small likelihood occurs. In, in this huge population. And in fact, all of that stuff gets statistically manipulated and the suspicion is that you had to manipulate it to get a positive outcome or else you couldn't have got your works published. Well, what's the... Uh, nobody wants to publish a negative output. No, what's what's what what's the uh, Mark Twain quote? There are three kinds of lies. Lies, damn lies, and statistics. Exactly. 
Now, my my comment is, as as a generation, and I, I'm not even going to you know blame people in South America or Africa, for that matter, even Russia. I mean, you know, let's let's just talk about the the Western world, where everybody has to go to school and everybody learns arithmetic and yakety yakety yak. Mm-hmm. As a generation, we are about as well equipped to understand the meaning of the statistics implied in that thing or a lack thereof, as we are prepared to discuss quantum mechanics. Yep. We have no clue. Yep. We just don't know. I mean, I I know a little more than some and a lot less than others. You too, I would imagine. But I, I know enough about it to know that Mark Twain was absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and that's really, you know, a lot of this, a lot of this article is is talking about the fact that um you know the the IARC said that red meat still have some nutritional value you know the, you've got what you've got is a shocking headline world health health organization classifies processed meats as carcinogens as bad as smoking or asbestos which was com- a completely misrepresentation of what they said but that's how the news articles read. That's how the headline. I know. Read. I know. But 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 the 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 UN study only said we're gonna we're gonna throw this in the same category of probable or likely as smoking. Now smoking is like a hundred percent likely to to cause health problems and death, and this other stuff is only an eighteen percent increase in a very small number to begin with. But they're in the same box. Now, that subtlety tends to get lost on journalists. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, it just they, they can't cope with it. No, they they can't. They 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 truly can't. You know, they <laughs> and very frankly, try to explain it to try to do a, a, a Jesse Waters thing. I don't know if you watch him or not. I think he's hilarious. You know, he's he's the guy who from Bill O'Reilly walks around, goes to these places, and asks people embarrassing questions. Mm-hmm. And b- basically, what he finds out is most people don't know anything. Yeah, especially if he's in front of a liberal college. You're, you're talking about the man on the street type stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and, and Charlie's points out, you know, in, in the past they said that wine is good for you. And they say wine is bad for you. Then they say, oh, red wine is good for positive, you know, for blood flow. Or, but you know, white wine is bad for this. And then you know, she points out also eggs um, are bad for you because they're high in cholesterol. But oh no, they're good for you because they have these positive enzymes that help your body. It's 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 a lot of crazy. Here, here's here's the counter question. Mm-hmm. What would be the deleterious effect um, to, without compensating in any other way, just stop eating meat? What if you took their 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 recommendations and just stopped eating anything that's up there in that upper group, or even the one where there's a there's a likelihood of? Um, that would be vegan or vegetarian. No, it's not, see, because the vegans and vegetarians very carefully readjust their diet to find their protein in other ways. Yeah. If you just stopped eating meat and continue to eat everything else the way you do, you'd croak. You, you wouldn't survive. Okay. People, with, people without an adequate supply of protein 
starve to death. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, you know, th- there's another way to look at this, that there's pros and cons. Eggs eggs are, have something good in them for you, necessary, in fact. And, and there's uh, a, a side effect that is not good. Yeah. Meat has essential things in it that you must have or you will die. On the other hand, there's, there's a small um, but measurable negative side effect. So... Well, that's 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 a little closer to the truth that people can understand. Butter is the same way. Eggs, I mean, it goes on and on. Um, okay, now you're going to make me want to have breakfast for dinner tomorrow night. Huh? Now you're going to make me want to have breakfast for dinner tomorrow night. Yeah, you go for it. <laughs> I mean, they they found they, there's a study from California, which probably is enough said already, <laughs> that statistically showed that if you ate enough sunflower seeds that you had a like a double the likelihood of getting Alzheimer's disease. Mm. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, that's implausible. It, it is implausible. But on, but on the other hand, there was a study and it, it got actually got on the news and I looked it up and it was garbage. It was just garbage. It was some nut squad, uh, in, in the world group that was eating nothing but sunflower seeds oh. to ward off the comet or something. <laughs> and yeah, they got sick as hell because they were just eating sunflower seeds. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it I'm going to shut up now. It's a crapshoot. Well, um, you know, what's also implausible is that we've managed to talk this show out of time. Um, there are some other examples of, you know, offensive items or things that people have taken offense to. Um, I especially enjoyed reading Bernie Sanders' conspiracy theory. It was a lot of fun. Um, for now, though, we have to wrap it up. I want to thank everybody for being a part of the show. Thank you for joining in, uh, both in Second Life and on the phone. What do you guys think that are listening to the podcast or downloading it, and listening it to listening to it on Red State Talk Radio, um, on Stitcher.com, and, and wherever you might find the show? Send us an email. Send comments to conservativepodcast at gmail.com with what you thought about this or any of the articles that we've talked about. If you liked what you heard, we ask you to blog about us. Tell five of your friends. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash talk. On Twitter, at ECConservative. Visit the website at frontporchtalk.net. Uh, and um, join us next week. Uh, even if you didn't like what you heard, you're still invited as well because you will probably hear different words in a different order. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Have a great night. And good night, Chuck.